Hello and welcome to Hosanna. I'm Pastor Jen Alexander and please hear me say, we believe the Lord led you here to help you grow in faith and look a little more like Jesus. After today's message, we encourage you to download the Hosanna app for more opportunities to connect and grow. Here's today's message. How's it going, church? So good to be with you. Uh, this morning at all four of our campuses and all of you who are joining us live online or maybe later online, uh, my name is Ryan. I serve as the lead pastor here at Hosanna and uh, just have a sense uh, that for some, maybe for many, uh, this is going to be one of those moments in your life. And uh, I'm so excited to share that, share that with you. If this is your church home, uh, we just want to thank you for remembering to bring your tithes and your offerings uh, to the Lord at Hosanna. Your giving makes everything that happens uh, at and through Hosanna possible. But you know, tithing isn't really about giving as much as it is about trusting. When, when we obey the Lord and we bring that first 10% back to him, we're saying, I trust you, Lord. I trust you with everything in my life. And when we trust God with everything, good things happen, like more freedom and more peace and more joy and blessings in all shapes and sizes. So that's what we want for you. Hear me. It's not what we want from you. It's what we want for you as we encourage this. So if you consider us on your church home and you're not already giving regularly and proportionally to how God has given to you, blessed you, it's really easy to get started. You just text Hosanna Give to 94000. Um, at, our, at our physical locations, we have uh, contribution boxes where you can give your tithes and offerings after services as well. So have you ever felt like you were the right person, the right place, the right time? You ever felt that way? I was feeling that way about 1.30 last Sunday afternoon, right? Because I was outside U.S. Bank Stadium with my three boys. And if you don't know this already, I'm originally from Washington State, the Seattle area. So I'm sticking to my roots. 364 days out of the year, I cheer for the Vikings. But one day of the year, I don't. And that was me and us last weekend. And then I was feeling like I was the right person, right place, right time. It was sunny out. It was beautiful. I would say we even had a little bit of a swagger walking amongst those Viking fans. <laughs> And then at about 3 o'clock, I was feeling like I was in the right place at the right time as well because we got to see the view from our seats thanks to some generous Hosanna people. Amazing seats for the game. Right people, right place, right time. About 3.30, about 10 minutes into the game, I was still feeling like right person, right place, right time. The Seahawks drove right down the field, scored a touchdown. I said out loud, I thought it, and I, I didn't mean to say it all that. I said all day long. I don't know why people around me were scowling, wearing purple. But anyway, all day long, about 30 minutes later, I was feeling like I was the wrong person in the wrong place at the wrong time. And as the game went on, you know, the rest of the story, uh, the Vikings dominated, and uh, I hid behind my kids on the way out. <laughs> wrong person, <laughs> wrong place. But I should say congratulations, Viking fans, Skull, right? You deserve it once every 12 years because that's the last time you beat the Seahawks, so there you go. All right. Now I'm feeling like I'm the wrong person in the wrong place, wrong time. So right person, right place, right time. And we're starting a series this week called Here on Purpose. Here on Purpose. It's based on a verse in Esther, the book of Esther, chapter four. You are here for such a time as this. You're here on purpose for a purpose. You are the right person, the right place, at the right time. 
It's not an accident that you're here, where you live, where you work, where you study, where you play. It's not a coincidence. You are there on purpose for a purpose. This is deep in our DNA at Hosanna. If you've been coming for any length of time, we've been saying these words for years. We believe the Lord led you here. And the message behind that is it's not an accident that you're here. You are here on purpose for a purpose. Right person, right place, right time. Uh, and, and actually, I was talking to Pastor Bill, our founding pastor this past week, as we do quite often. In fact, Jen and I have a double date with Bill and Nancy coming up in a couple of weeks. Those are always fun. But I asked him, I said, Bill, when did you start saying that? You know, we believe the Lord led you here. He said it was about 20, 25 years ago. He, he couldn't quite remember, but he said it was around that time. It was around the time that we moved into our new building in Lakeville. We just had one campus at the time. And he just found himself saying it. We believe the Lord led you here as these people were coming into the building, <laughs> new people. He had the sense that they were here at this time, this place, the right people. You know what? I have a sense of that right now, too, and at this moment in time of Hosanna's history, that the Lord led you here, that you are the right people, the right place, the right time to, to, to help us grow into the next season here at Hosanna. So it's still true. You know, we, uh, just a little behind the scenes, behind the curtain, how things happen around here. We, when we're preparing a message series, we often ask these questions about the series. What do we want people to know? What do we want people to be? And what do we want people to do as a result of this series? So what do we want people to know as a result of this series? I'm not going to give that away. You need to come every week to hear what we want you to know. But I will tell you what we want you to be as a result of this series. We want you to be people who are increasingly discovering and fulfilling their God-given purpose by living up, in, and out. Let me say that again. Be people who are increasingly discovering and fulfilling their God-given purpose by living up, in, and out. Because up, in, and out is how we discover and fulfill our purpose. Our up relationship, our relationship with God. It's really where it starts. Our in relationships, relationships with other believers, people that we're walking with in community, community groups that help us discover and fulfill our purpose. And then living out, how we live outside of ourselves, get beyond ourselves. Every God-given purpose gets us outside of ourselves. And that, that's a key piece, out. So each week of this series, we'll be talking about that. But Esther... Esther's story is certainly an example of someone who discovers and fulfills her purpose by living up, in, and out, her God-given purpose. Some of you have never heard Esther's story before. Some of you need a refresher like I did because you haven't read Esther for a while. Esther lived shortly after the period, the biblical period in history called the exile, the Babylonian exile, also referred to as Babylonian captivity, the empire, the kingdom of Babylon from up north comes south and conquers uh, Jerusalem and Judea. And, and then after conquering them, this is around the 6th century, the beginning of the 6th century B.C., mostly 587 B.C., many of the Jews living in Jerusalem and Judea are exiled into Babylon. They're sent to live in this kingdom that has conquered them. And as you read through the Old Testament, like I am right now, especially the prophets, what you discover is the people primarily responsible for the Jewish people living in exile are not the Babylonians. It's the Jewish people. Their lack of fidelity, their lack of morality, sexually and otherwise, their lack of generosity toward the poor and, and to the oppressed. 
Their lack of loving God and loving neighbor, being obedient to God, is what ultimately leads to them being conquered and sent into exile. Make no mistake about it. They could have repented at any point and turned, and that would not, that conquering of Jerusalem and Judea would not have happened. It's their lack of obedience, their persistent lack of obedience that leads to the natural consequence of being conquered and sent into exile by the Babylonians. It's worth mentioning something here because there are a whole lot of people who think that the church in America right now is experiencing a form of exile, meaning that the church in, in, in America doesn't have the same status or, or influence that it once did. And I think there is some truth to that. And what I would say, pastorally, this is a word that God's given me, let's not focus on or blame the Babylons out there. Let's look at ourselves. Are we being faithful? Are we living moral lives? Are we being generous with what we have? Are we loving God and loving other people? Are we being obedient? Just like the Babylonian conquest and empire, it's not the Babylonians, it's us. We start with ourselves. Don't play the victim card. We start with the responsibility that we have. Okay, that was on my heart. But back to Esther. Esther is living in Persia because the Persians eventually conquer the Babylonians because that's true of every worldly empire. Every worldly empire falls. There's only one empire that lasts forever. It's the kingdom of God. The Babylonian empire falls to the next biggest kid on the block, which is Persia. And so Esther and her family end up staying. At some point, when the Persians conquer the Babylonians, some of the Jewish people are allowed to return from exile to their home, but some stay in Babylon, now Persia. That's Esther. The king of Persia is King Xerxes. Like many leaders throughout history, Xerxes is a temperamental, tyrannical leader. Just as an example, he throws a long party several days, lots of drinking, about seven days in, he says, send someone to my wife, the queen, Vashti, and tell her to come and display her beauty to all the guests. Now, those of you who are married, how do you think that'd go for you? <laughs> After days of drinking, tell wife, come and display your beauty to all the guests. It doesn't go very well for Xerxes either. She says no, and his insecurities get tapped, and he makes this decree that all Households in Persia must be ruled by their husbands, except his, apparently. How do you think that goes? Not very well. Control never goes well, right? right? Controlling people doesn't lead to them respecting you more. It leads to them rejecting you more. That's a good word for leadership, parenting, marriage. And that's what happens here. So again, Xerxes and his insecurity, he... he that, uh, also, the next thing he does is he, he puts on a beauty pageant of sorts. And the winner of the beauty pageant is going to replace Vashti as queen. She's sent out of the kingdom, and he needs a new queen. And this is where Esther comes in. Esther is entered into the beauty pageant. She wins, and she becomes queen. She becomes queen of Persia as this person, this Jewish person living in exile in Persia. It's a powerful story. And she not only becomes queen, she becomes one of the strongest, most courageous, inspirational leaders in all of Scripture. Easily, hands down, one of the, one of the strongest leaders that we have in Scripture. 
certainly the strongest leader in her house, in the king's household. Which, of course, leads to the next thought, which is that God raises up strong female leaders. God does that throughout scripture. We see it throughout history. We believe that at Hosanna. God raises up strong female leaders. It's been true throughout our history. People like Christy Grainer and Pat Moe and Julia Holtz, these strong female leaders. The last 10 years, we've, we've had one if not two female communicators on our preaching team. Uh, on our executive team, our highest leadership team on staff at the church, our executive team, we have four leaders. Two of them are women. Jennifer Ford and Cara Storzinger are two of the finest leaders you will ever meet. Our vision board, half are women. Board, our governing board. Because we believe God raises up strong female leaders. That leadership, a leadership calling isn't based on gender, it's based on calling, it's based on gifting. And you know what? God's not done doing that, raising up strong female leaders here at Hosanna. So if you're a woman thinking, or a girl thinking, can I be a, yes, you can. Because God's given you those gifts. So Esther is this strong female leader, strong leader in general, and a compelling example of someone who discovers and fulfills her purpose, her God-given purpose, by living up, in, and out. And like I said, each week of the series, we're gonna look at a different aspect of up, in, and out, and how living up, in, and out helps us discover and fulfill our purpose. This week, we're gonna talk about up, how Esther lives up to discover and fulfill her purpose. We're, look, we're gonna look at a passage in Esther chapter four. So if you have your Bibles, chapter four, verse 13, either a physical Bible or on your phones. By the way, get in the habit of bringing your Bibles to church. This is, here's some news here, all right? A little preview. Uh, our preaching team recently decided that, that 2022 is gonna be the year of the Bible. We, we, we always preach from the word here. But, but in 2022, we are going to take a journey from the very beginning of Scripture all the way to the end. How long is it going to last? I don't know yet. <laughs> However long it takes. We're going to go from Genesis to Revelation, the big story, the, the, the larger narrative of Scripture. Not necessarily verse by verse, but theme by theme from cover to cover. Why are we doing that? Because there are a whole lot of cultural and ideological winds and waves that are blowing all around us trying to take us off point to, to keep us from being anchored in God's word. And most of all, being anchored in the one that this entire book points us to. You know who that is? Jesus. So 2022, get ready for that. Here we go. But here in this, in this passage of scripture, in Esther, uh, we've got Esther, who's now queen, and a man named Mordecai, who is Esther's uncle. He actually adopts her after her parents die. He's a, a mentor, a confidant, and he has discovered a plot by the Persians to assassinate him as well as all the Jews living in the, in the kingdom of Persia. And so he expresses this to Queen Esther, asking her to intervene. She's a little hesitant, fearful of, of doing so because it could cost her life. And she lets him know that. And here's Mordecai's response. Verse 13, Mordecai sent this reply to Esther. Don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some, some other place. But you and your relatives will die. In other words, as dangerous as it might be, Esther, for you to discover and fulfill your, your purpose and your calling, 
You know what's even more dangerous? To not discover or fulfill your calling, your purpose. Like that's even riskier. You and others will die if you don't discover and fulfill your purpose. It's true of our lives too. It's true of your life and my life. It's risky to to fulfill our purpose, our God-given purpose. It's often risky positionally, relationally, financially. It's risky. But what's even riskier? To not live your God-given purpose. To not discover it or fulfill it. If we don't, others will die. Just think about that for a moment. That's what's at stake here. Like if, we, if we don't discover and fulfill our God-given purpose, other people will die. I, I, you know this about me, but I have above my desk these words that come from early on in my ministry. There's a story to it. Maybe I'll tell you again another time. But these words, people are literally and spiritually dying out there. And on those days when I need a reminder of why I'm doing what I'm doing, and by the way, I do need reminders from time to time for all kinds of reasons, I come back to that. People are literally and spiritually dying out there. If we don't discover and fulfill our God-given purpose, if I don't, if you don't, if this church doesn't, people will literally and spiritually die out there. People in India and Ethiopia and Haiti and people in Rosemount and Northfield, Shakopee, Lakeville, Apple Valley, Egan, South Metro, people, real people, literally maybe and certainly spiritually will die if we don't discover our purpose. And you know what else? You will. If you don't discover your God-given purpose and fulfill it, you will die. Or at least you'll never fully live. And you may live kind of an average, go through the motions kind of life, but you will never truly live. Reminds me of that quote from, from Braveheart. Remember this quote? Every man, every man dies. I can't do it. I'm horrible at accents. All right. Every man dies, not every man truly lives. Everyone dies, everyone lives and dies, but not everyone truly lives. It discovers their God-given purpose, why they're here, why they're here on purpose, for a purpose. You know what's on my heart as a pastor of this church, as a husband, as a father, is I don't wanna just live and then die. I don't want you, Hosanna, to just live and kind of get to what you can and protect what you have and, and then die. I want you to really live. I want you to really live. I want you to know. I want you to know why you are here, the purpose you are here on purpose for. There are way too many people just living and dying out there. We cannot be amongst them. There's too much to live for, including you and your life. I don't want to get to the end of my life and go, nah, yeah, I just kind of live the average life. I don't want that for you either. And Esther, 
She, she calls to us from 2,500 years ago, like, really live. Really live. Next verse. Or the rest of this verse. Who knows, Mordecai says, if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this. There it is. The most famous verse in this book of the Bible, for sure, that you are here for such a time as this. We're gonna spend this whole series talking about that verse. It's what the series is based on. You're here on purpose for a purpose. But I wanna just focus on one word for a moment. You. You. Esther are here on purpose for a purpose. Why is Esther specifically, individually, personally, the right person at the right place at the right time? In part, she was Jewish living in Persia. And Jewish people living in Persia, they didn't give up all their Jewish faith and their Jewish rituals and their Jewish traditions. But they did commit to living where they were, where they were, the, the here that they had been called to live in. I would say it this way, that, that Esther, as a Jewish person living in exile, was, was distinctly different because of how she lived out her Jewish faith, and yet fully immersed. In fact, in, in the book of Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah, God says to the prophet Jeremiah, as you were exiled to Babylon, plant gardens, build houses, settle in, live your lives there. Like, don't, don't be this separate group of people who doesn't associate with the people who live around you. Like, fully immerse yourself in the place that you're living, the here that you are here for. You know, followers of Jesus Christ, that's a word for us too. Distinctly different and fully immersed. We, we can fall on one or the other, right? We can fall into one or just doing one or the other. I know I can fall into one or the other. Distinctly different. And we should be. We should stand out from our neighbors. But sometimes people get so distinctly different, they get separated and they go into bubbles and shelters and they don't interact and, and live with, engage the people living around them. And then sometimes as followers of Jesus, we fully engage the people living around us and we don't look different at all. And what difference does that make, right? Well, what difference would it make to be a Christian if they just do and say and act exactly like me? We need to do both if we're going to be effective at pointing people to Jesus. And Esther was both. The other thing about Esther was who she was uniquely. Her genes, the generations that had gone before her. And in her genes, she won the beauty pageant. That helped. But the generations who had gone before her brought her to this very place. I woke up this morning, or a couple mornings ago, thinking about this message, and it just came to me in like a flash. Everything that's happened in my life, everything that's happened, the generations that have gone before me, in my family, in this church, and boom, 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 all of it has brought me to this place. The good, the bad, and the ugly, all of it. God has brought me to this place where I'm the right person, the right place, at the right time. That's true of you as well, each and every one of you. Everything that's happened in your life, all the generations that have gone before you brought you to this point. You're here on purpose. Feel that, sense that. It's not an accident that you are right where you are right now. It was true of Esther. You are the piece of the puzzle. You know, Jen shared last week, the last, uh, she gave the last message of the homecoming series, and of course she shared her homecoming picture where she was homecoming queen with the high school quarterback. And I, I'm joking, because actually I know, I know enough about that to know that she didn't just win because it was you know, a popularity contest or a beauty contest. She's beautiful, okay, hear me say that. 
but she won because she was distinctly different. The light of Christ, how she treated people with kindness. All people. So I'm proud of her. But as we were looking through her albums for pictures, one of the albums on the cover said, piece of the puzzle. I said, that's it. That's the message of Esther. We are all a piece of the puzzle. That our lives, our callings, everything that's happened in our life, generations before, has made us a unique piece of the puzzle, and we're the only ones who can fill that piece of the puzzle. You are the only one. Your life, your God-given purpose. You are a piece of the puzzle, and if you don't feel it, we're looking for that lost puzzle piece, and you know how we hate doing that, right? The one piece is missing, and God's saying, you are here on purpose. You're a piece of the puzzle. Verse 15 so then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day, my maids, and I will do the same. Esther's saying, I need to fast, I need to pray. And, and the people closest to me, my, my maids, are going to join me and, and we're going to fast and we're gonna pray. Fasting is a spiritual discipline where we give up eating for a period of time so that we can focus more on our relationship with God and prayer. Maybe the way to think about it is we give up with fasting. We give up to look up. We, we give something up in order to look up. We talk about this during the season of Lent, but any time is a good time to fast and pray, to look up and to invest in our primary relationship, our, our relationship with God. Because Esther knew what, what she was about to do was going to be risky. It was going to risk her very life. And she wanted to make sure that God was calling her to that purpose, to fulfill that purpose, to speak up. And as we press into in this series, our God-given purpose, your God-given purpose, my God-given purpose, it has to start with our relationship with God. If we want to know what we were created to do, it starts with the one who created you. The one who put you together in your mother's womb, who gave you the gifts, who's walked you through every experience that you've had in life. Some, you know, his plan and some wasn't his plan, but he still created purpose out of it. He's the one we have to turn to, our up relationship. What we were created to do starts with the one who created you. I don't even know if I have a Twitter account anymore, but I might tweet that. <laughs> what were you created to do Starts with the one who created you. More than anything else, I would encourage you to look up a little bit more during this series. You want to know your purpose, what you're created to do? It starts with the one who created you. That relationship with him, time with him. Maybe asking someone to pray for you, even this weekend, one of our prayer ministers or staff, after sure, that next step could be prayer or growing in prayer, spending time in the word, spending time with, with God. That's how any relationship grows and gets stronger is by spending time together, right? In fact, we've, we've created a resource for you here at Hosanna. Every Monday through Saturday morning at 7 a.m., we have a Facebook Live Devo. And if you don't have Facebook, uh, you can watch the videos later on our website. And we'll be going through the book of Esther, makes sense, in the coming weeks. encourage you to do that. But right now, I want to read just the last part of this verse where it says, and then, though it is against the law, I will go in to see the king. If I must die, I must die. In other words, Esther 
has discovered a purpose that she's willing to die for. We'll talk more about that in the coming weeks, especially on week three, as we live out beyond ourselves. By the way, every God-given purpose takes us beyond ourselves. My question is, have you found a purpose? It's a question before us the whole series that you're willing to die for, that you're willing to give your life to, to not just live and then die, but to really live. Well, hear this. God has a purpose he's willing to die for. That is? It's you. It's each and every one of you. That he loved the world, humanity, every individual human being created in the image of God so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, who risked everything positionally, relationally, in order to fulfill his purpose, which was to die for you so that you can live. Not just an average life, but a full life. A life where you discover and fulfill your God-given purpose. God says to you, you are worth dying for so that you can live. I'm gonna pray right now that God would stir up like only he can, a deeper desire to know him, a deeper desire to know your God-given purpose and not be lulled to sleep by all those cultural, ideological messages and forces around us, but you would hear him. God, we cry out to you. We wanna be people who don't just live and get what we can and protect what we have and then die. We wanna be people who really live with a purpose that doesn't come from anywhere else but heaven, from your heart, God. You created each of us individually, purposefully, lovingly. I can just see you smiling as you put us together. And part of what you were thinking about is the purpose that I have for this one and for this one and for this one. May we each be the puzzle piece in your story. And we start by looking up to you, God. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Amen. Uh, God just shows how good he is when he can even speak so powerfully through a Seahawks fan. That is amazing to see. Uh, that concept of finding your one purpose, if there was one thing I, I would just like tag on to what Ryan said, is your purpose can change. Your gifting doesn't necessarily change, but your passion, your experiences change, and that can change what your purpose is. It's kind of like dating. It's not like there's one exact person that you are destined for, because what happens if that person is on the other side of the planet? Does that mean you married the wrong person? No, of course not but leaning into finding your purpose, trying some things, you'll know it when you find it, which we'll talk more about as we go through this series. So please make sure you're coming back over the next couple of weeks as we talk about this story in Esther. And like Ryan said, if God has stirred anything in you today, we want to pray with you and for you in this process. If you're watching online and you want to submit a prayer request, you can do that as well. But we want to do that. We have prayer ministers back uh, in the room right back here who would love to connect with you.
otherwise. Please stand with me as you receive this ancient blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance and give you his peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next weekend.